I think often I have been, for lack of a better word, encouraged to encourage others. But I don't know that I've ever thought through the steps. And my previous career before I was a, a minister, uh, I was a college professor. And I'll just start off by talking about how this might apply from a, from a history perspective. In the 80s, in the 90s, you would often get history books that would say, would use the word the before the history. It's like a great example of that would be the Oxford history of the United States. Anybody? Samuel Morrison read it? Okay. It's huge. You, you, drop it on the, you drop it on the table, and it's just, man, this is, this is serious. This is weighty. This is the or the Oxford history of the United States. I mean, you, don't, you don't challenge that. You don't argue with that. It's just facts. And then somewhere in the middle of grad school, a lot of history books started coming out with these titles would say, A, history of the United States, or A, people's history of the United States. And it was a lot less definitive. So what I want to say today is this is a sermon about encouragement. Maybe five years from now I'll come back and I was like, okay, these are the things I got wrong. This is what the sermon about encouragement is. But So this is, just consider this a draft in a sense. But I want to greet you guys in the name of, of Jesus from your brothers in Issaquah. We love you. We care for you. We've had uh, the Thomases. We've had the Walls. We've had other people come and visit and it's just a joy to come to be with you. Uh, one of my roles for the SOMA family is I'm the director of areas for the SOMA network in North America. So I get to visit churches all over the United States. Recently I've been to the Midwest to see uh, Detroit. Have you been to Detroit lately? Uh, the city's completely reborn. It's beautiful uh, to where it was 20 years ago. Amazing. Uh, Detroit. Yeah. Um, then I've also been down to Huntsville which uh, I thought was in Alabama. But if you go to Huntsville, Alabama, and see that the Soma people there, you'll hear that Huntsville is not in Alabama. But if you go 15 minutes in any direction, it is. So figure that out. Uh, also recently been to uh, Fort Worth, uh, which is an amazing, super friendly place. They say howdy. Uh, the Bible study that I attended, there, were, there was one sedan and probably a parking lot of 100. The rest were trucks. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of visiting in the in the Pacific Northwest, but it's a joy to be with you. And uh, my prayer for the region of the Northwest and my prayer for the Soma family is that we would become one. That we wouldn't see ourselves as individual churches, but we would see ourselves as one. Just like Jesus prayed, as the Trinity is one, that we would be one. That we would care for each other, that we would know each other, that we would support each other. And one of the things that gets in the way of that oneness is lack of encouragement. So I think it's a relevant topic uh, as I visit these other places, as I get to travel. I talk to a lot of leaders that are lonely. They don't feel like anybody gets them, and they don't have anybody standing by them. And I know if the leaders are feeling that way, I think it's, it would be easy to, to see the people inside the congregation are also feeling that way. And when I think about all the, this has been a crazy season for clergy, for pastors, both paid elders, non-paid elders, where just an awful lot of them have just been, become discouraged enough that they walk away. 
I've never seen, this is nothing wrong with real estate agents, but I've never seen so many leaders get real estate licenses. And I've, I've never seen so many leaders that were discouraged. So this is an incredibly relevant topic, but I just want you to think about what if the Soma Federal Way was a place where you felt heard and seen and that when you were fearful, that people came around you and encouraged you? What if this was a, a place where emotions could be expressed out loud and people would stand with you and remind you of God's promises to you and walk with you as you continued to do what God had called you to do despite the difficulty and the fear? Acts chapter 20 is where I'm going to be today. And as I do this, I'm going to try and define this word encouragement. And encouragement is a, this sounds very, def, this, this sounds very dictionary-ish, but encouragement is a strong exhortation to overcome controlling fear and to take hope in God's help and promises. So I'm going to interact with you guys a little bit. I'm going to ask questions. And when I ask a question, it's not going to be rhetorical. So just encourage you, speak out. And this is me encouraging you to do that if you are fearful of speaking in public. I promise not to make fun of whatever answer you make, especially if I don't know you. So maybe Jeff, maybe Chris, maybe Justin, I might. But the rest of you, I just want you to speak without fear. So what is the command in the Bible that we hear the most? Okay, love God is the most, love God, love people, you know, love God, love neighbor, that's the most important one. But what is the command that is, you're just going to count it, is the, is the most common in Scripture? Feel free to do a wild guess. Fear not. Probably the best way to interpret that is, I mean, fear not is literally exactly the, the quote, but the best way to interpret that is, do not be controlled by fear. How many of you regularly are afraid? Thank you. Bold. Bold. I was in the, in the Cascade Mountains. I don't know. Am I pointing in the right direction? I think so. One of these directions. And I was, my friend had invited me on a camping trip. He said, I want to test out some, some winter equipment. Good idea? No. Not a good idea. He was a friend. I said, yes. I had other friends say, what are you thinking? You're going in the Cascades in the wintertime to test out snow equipment. So you don't even know if it works. The only way you're going to find out is if you get hypothermia. So I go up there, and this is a long story, but I'm going to make it really short. At some point, I am alone on a trail waiting for my friend, and I fall asleep. And I wake up suddenly, and I don't see anything in, I don't see anything in front of me. But what I do is see is cougar tracks right in front of me, about three feet away from me. Fear. That is a God-given gift. And, you know, I, I grew up, my dad saying, you know, couple things you don't do in the, in the wilderness by yourself without weapon. And there I am. Ski pole, no weapon, friends ahead of me. Holy cow. Obviously, I survived. But just fear, that some, fear is that something that God gives us as a, as a gift. But what the Bible tells us is do not be overcome by fear. Don't, don't let it rule you. And so encouragement is a strong exhortation to overcome controlling fear and to take hope in God's promises. 
So here is Paul, this is Acts chapter 20, coming into a group of Ephesian elders, and he wants to show us what encouragement looks like. So Acts chapter 20. Paul is, is on his way to Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit has told him, this is your last trip through, say goodbye. And so he stops the boat a little bit south of Ephesus, and they come and they visit. So when they arrived, the elders arrived, he declared, and this is New Living Translation, you know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came back to, that came to me from the plots of the Jews. And listen to this beautiful little phrase. He said, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, my responsibility is hard. It involves overcoming fear. But because of God's strength, because of maybe my teammates' proximity to me, I had people with me, and because I have a calling that I never shrank back from this. I didn't let my fear control me. Verse 22, he says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I do not know what awaits me, except the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it is not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So, point one. How do we encourage? How do we become encouraged? How do we encourage? The first is we acknowledge the feeling. Paul is experiencing fear. There are people who oppose him. And if you want to be encouraged, you have to acknowledge your fear. I'm looking around at there's a there's a couple men in this room. Maybe grew up in America. This is not how we were taught to operate. Amen? Some of you are nodding your head. But I was not taught to show fear. Matter of fact, I was told to, whatever emotions you have, stuff them. Don't talk about them. Don't show fear. And there are, there are safe places and there's unsafe places. But when, when talking with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we should have the freedom to express that I am frightened. Paul is expressing, look, there were sorrows, there were trials, there were people trying to kill me. But he said, I didn't shrink back. He didn't let it control them. But the first thing that we have to do is to, 
just be honest that we are afraid. And I'm going to go into that a little bit more here in a bit, but I want to hit point two, which is the second part of being encouraged is to press in. The reason that God gives us fear is he is showing us that there is a danger and he wants us to press in. As sometimes when I counsel uh, people that come in for just to talk about their trouble in their marriage. Often when people have difficulty in a marriage or they have fears, it is natural for them to blame each other and in some ways emotionally go opposite directions. Part of counseling is teaching them how to take that fear and talk through it so they actually press in and support each other. God wants us, when we experience fear, to be able to tell our brothers and sisters in Christ that we have that, that fear so that we can be comfortable. Paul here in Ephesus is present with them. He was feeling anxious about them. He had spent a great deal of time with them, but it's not like today where we can just pick this up and call. He needed to see them. I sense this with you, Jeff, with, your, with the churches in Sierra Leone. That you, just, you have this desire this, to be with them, to see how they're doing, to care for them. You know, that just takes presence. So sometimes this fear, this anxiety you have for, for people, maybe this is parents with kids, God is just telling you, check on them. Or take a moment to pray for them. But if we want to be encouraged, we need to both acknowledge our feelings and be willing to press in to your Heavenly Father and just say, God, I'm scared right now. Would you give me comfort? Or talk to a friend, say, I am scared about my finances, or I am scared about this culture at the moment, or I am scared about inflation, or the economy, or the health of our church. God wants us to, to take that fear and press in to each other. Second Corinthians verse 13 kind of brings it home. Just, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. And this, then this beautiful promise here at the end. Listen to this. If we do these things, if, we, if we're joyful, mature, if we encourage each other, if we live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. When we express these emotions and when we encourage each other, we sense the present of God. How long has it been for you since you really felt the presence of God? If I can be somewhat transparent with a room full of mostly total strangers, these last three years have been profoundly difficult for me. I have had I think I've probably had years. I think probably 2020 and 2021, I had to, in order for me to do my job, most days I had to do an hour-long prayer walk before I could work up the strength to go in. Four people near me took their own life. Four couples near me ended their marriage. 
I would say half of what was Soma East Side left without saying goodbye during the pandemic. It was profoundly difficult. I don't think I would have made it if I didn't have people that were present. And somewhere along that, that journey, I just learned that people couldn't read my mind. Believe it or not, I know, you guys are looking at me. This is, a, this, is, this is the face that God gave me. It never changes, almost never. It's just kind of angry resting face. I terrify small children. And people just assume that I'm fine because when, when the Seahawks are winning, this is what I look like. When my team, the Cougars, are losing, this is what it looks like. It's just no emotion. So I found out that people can't read me. So I have to come before them and just say, man, I'm having a hard time. And that's a vulnerable moment, but that allows them to give me a huge bear hug and say, I'm sorry you're going through it, and I love you. The only way that we can encourage people, and we can be encouraged if we actually just let people know how that we're doing. Paul moves on here in, in Acts. And then I'm going to hit the third point, and we'll, we'll get down to some, some application. So Paul says this. Paul says, you know, my responsibility was hard, but I finished it. I didn't shrink from it. Now your job is hard. Don't shrink from it. So Paul is going to talk about, Paul has talked about his experience related to them. And now he's going to tell them, this is what, this is what you're going to experience. This is what I want you to do. This is what God is calling you to do. He says, guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. And Paul finishes his speech, and they pray, and they cry. And he goes. Encouragement. It is being honest about or acknowledging feelings. It is then being present. Or it is pushing in. What does this look like in church settings? I keep this letter. I took a picture of it this today, but... Um, I think when this letter was written, I could, I could see it without my glasses. But here I am, slowly growing blind. And this is from, this is from my friend Jim. Hey, Paul. Being this is Pastor's Appreciation Month, I would re be remiss and a bad friend if I didn't participate. First of all, I couldn't be more proud to have you as my pastor. You have always led by example, have always been there for me and my family and your congregation. 
I know that being a pastor can be very difficult and a draining job. You see this? He, is, he sees me. He sees what I'm going through. But also incredibly rewarding. You get to do God's work. You were chosen by him. How sweet is that? I love that you seek his word, his wisdom, and his ways. I love that you regularly pray for your family, community, country, and our leaders. I hope you realize how much you mean to Soma, how big of a task you've been given, and how God will guide you in every step. I am so thankful that God specifically called me to Soma. Crazy story, but not for God. He hears us and delivers. I can't remember if I've ever told you why I sit behind you in the service. It's my way of symbolically saying I got your back. Not just Sunday, but seven days a week. What a blessing it's been over the last 15 years to see our children grow and to see the church grow right, right beside it. Uh, anyway, he goes about, talks about our kids growing up together. But he says, we still have plenty of years ahead of us, and I can't wait to see what journeys and adventures God has in store for us. Love, Jim. Presence. Presence, I think, is a way that we can, we can show up and press in. Uh, believe it or not, I keep that note right above my monitor in my office on bad days. I read it. The other thing that ways we can be present or that we can press in is by prayers. As I, as I go around the United States, a uh, matter of fact, I was just in, um, in Las Vegas with a group of guys there's a donor that has donated a house in, in Las Vegas, believe it or not, it's the cheapest airport to fly into the United States for, for whatever reason. But there we are, we're in that house, and, and the people are just going around the circle saying how they're doing. And uh, two of the pastors there just kind of stopped, the, uh, stopped the proceedings and, and just asked for prayer. And they were, they were both in bad enough shape that they, they asked, they said, would you please lay hands on us and pray? Would you please anoint our heads with oil and pray? And so we just sat there in a group and cried and prayed and asked for God's blessing on them. And I think a third way that we can be uh, encouraging is through, of course, actions. I don't know how many of you here have started to experience Ukrainian refugees coming in, but they, they've placed 35,000 in the Seattle area. And as they've started to trickle in in Issaquah, and they've asked for shelter, uh, you can imagine what their faces look like when we tell them that we'll let them stay in our houses. We'll make sure they have enough food and even as we join them in sending food to Ukraine. God calls us to be present with words, with prayers, with action. All right, well, let me, let me move to a little bit of application here as far as uh, this distinct group here. just want to encourage you that encouragement is contagious. If you encourage other, someone else, you strengthen them, and it's not unusual for them to then strengthen you. And it begins to weave together a congregation in beautiful ways. So let me just demonstrate what I'm, what I'm talking about here, maybe. And then we'll, we'll move to, to pray and be done. But 
as I've been speaking today, as I've been talking about encouragement as far as fear, acknowledging our fear, being present or pressing into each other, and then carrying on with what God has called us to do, uh, maybe God's brought a fear to mind. So at this moment right now, what do you guys fear? What is fearful for you at the moment? Children, culture, country, finances. What's, what's fearful for you at the moment? Is there one that, that jumps out at you, Chris? Typically, when you're afraid, how, how does God comfort you? What is, what is comforting to you as far as, has there been times in your experience where people in your church have been a comfort to you, and what does that look like? Has, has anyone ever in your life given you gifts of, of money or things when you didn't have enough? Okay. So super encouraging. Okay, somebody else. What are, you, what are you afraid of at the moment? I know this is super vulnerable. What do you... Okay. So afraid of kids walking away, okay? What would, what could people do in this church in order to encourage and press in with you? Pray. What's, Why do you think that's so encouraging to you? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Don't feel alone. Good. One more. What are you afraid of at the moment? Failure. Okay. You can be general if you want, but what, what's specific? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What would be encouraging for you? What, how could people press in and success?
Yes. Yep. Keep trying to avoid saying the word encouragement because this sets the theme. But I, let, me, let me encourage you guys that sometimes, I mean, this feels like, this feels, ob, this feels obvious, but when you are fearful, the best thing is to have people with you. And some of you are huggers. If you're a hugger, sometimes the best thing you can get is, is a hug, you know, somebody that really means it. Sometimes it is a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's someone coming and saying, I, I don't know if I can help, but, but I'm with you. Sometimes it actually is someone coming along and saying, let me help. But all this is, all this starts with us, you know, being willing to say, I am afraid. And then your, your brothers and sisters in Christ pressing in, which is God's hands and feet in this moment. And what that does is that gives us the strength to carry on. Because if we get discouraged, we quit. Or we wander off, we get distracted. If Paul says at the end of this passage, God has told me this is my path and I'm going to finish it. And of course, Paul isn't alone. He has a team standing beside him. People like Timothy to the bitter end. But the purpose of encouragement is to give us strength and courage to do what God has called us to do, whether it is to, to parent or it is to lead churches and, and figure out how to organize a group of churches in a foreign country. Or it's to be a, a witness to Jesus in the public schools or at your workplace or in your neighborhood in a culture that is very rapidly turning against the church. In order for Soma Federoy to be salt and light, God needs you to encourage each other and to press in. Well, let me say this in closing. Jesus was abandoned by his disciples. The disciples walked away from Jesus in key moments. And he still finished his race. And Jesus knows what it is like to be lonely and fearful and to have people oppose him and mistreat him. And so he gets it when you are afraid. He gets it when you feel lonely. And even if you have been discouraging in the past, instead of the encouragement that he called you, when you put your faith in Jesus, he gives you his righteousness. So he is with you, and he gives you a great gift of righteousness, and that ought to encourage us and spur us on. Maybe give us the courage in order to, to, to be vulnerable. Give us the skill to be able to be present with each other. And give us the energy to carry on, which I think is the purpose of encouragement. Can I pray for you guys? Our Father in heaven, we praise you.
Your word is perfect. Father, we, we know that your word is here to encourage us, that our brothers and sisters are here to encourage us. But Father, we, just, we simply just admit today that we have need, that there are things that shouldn't frighten us, but they do, and some things that we should be frightened of. But Father, help us not to be controlled by that fear. Help us instead to press in to you and to our brothers and sisters in Christ and help us to carry on. Father, help us to be an encouragement to each other. Father, I pray for Soma Federal Way that this would be an encouraging place. Father, I just ask that you would send people to Soma Federal Way that can be an encouragement to them and that they can be an encouragement to those that come. Father, we ask that you keep us from evil and we simply say yours be the glory and honor and power forever. Amen.